getting divorced is really stressful but when you've got children as well it makes it so much worse because we've got the issue of co-parenting so whether it's an actual divorce or separating from someone the issues are the same so today I'm talking to expert Susie Miller who does a lot of work around divorce and co-parenting to find out how to unravel this mess and make it a lot easier for you and yours but before I do that I'm going to ask Susie what it is that stresses her out on a day-to-day -day basis What stresses me out massively is the fact that I'm terrible at saying no to things. So I often say I take on far, far, far too much. And it's almost impossible then to manage to, to achieve all the things that I've decided to schedule in for a day. So what's a lifesaver for me is I begin at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, whatever I've done before, I stop at eight and I do my transcendental meditation. Oh, lovely. And I don't, I don't worry about not transcending because quite often my head is so buzzing, <laughs> so many thoughts, but I've been doing it long enough to know that that doesn't matter. Sometimes it, it'll always be different every single time, but having that 20 minutes to anchor myself is absolutely vital and it changes the course of the whole day. Mm. And then I found equally important when I started to do the second meditation I, I usually do it about six o'clock that really does hold the day in place and as long as I do that everything just seems to be much calmer less stressful and work better and I think it's interesting as well Susie because when uh, people are too busy they kind of let those things go and I understand it and I'm not I'm not immune to that myself but I just know that when I make time then I benefit so much more. So if you don't do it, the stress becomes more stressful. That's um, right. And then you think, oh, I can't do it because I haven't got time. And, and it, it becomes a, a wheel. Uh, it was an interesting uh, thing I read from the film director, David Lynch, who's a big uh, TMA. And he, he, during his film career, he'd always do the morning one. And he says now he's been doing the end of the day one as well. And he just wishes he did that before because again he feels so if much only I'd know. productive yes <laughs> if only he'd squeezed it in to his massively busy schedule but yeah. uh, no it's very true the other thing that happens is that sometimes people have an expectation that it should feel a certain way but sometimes it's not going to feel that way and it still benefits so it's just kind of staying with it isn't it absolutely and and just what I love about it is it is different every single time Mm -hmm. yeah, I never think, oh, I feel like I've done this every day for the past few years. It's it's amazing how different it is. And uh, and it's not about, it's, for me, it's very different from mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is a great tool, but I find I struggle with that because of my buzzy brain. But with TM, I find that it's the physical relaxation. It's like every cell in your body just gets to have a little bit of a rest. Yeah. So never mind if your mind is whizzing about there. It's that everything is fine everything's right there is no correct or incorrect way to meditate it's that complete acceptance and that's a very important and beautiful thing to be reminded of ideally twice a day yeah. that whatever you do just sitting there is right that's what's right for you at the moment and your body and your mind and every other part of you will will take what it needs from that 20 special 20 minutes yeah. just to be able to sit still for 20 minutes oh, I never thought I'd be able to do that yes the luxury <laughs> <laughs> I just long my body longs for it so I, that's how I know it's the right the right one for me because yeah. I, I I I really really miss it 
yeah. um, I miss it like coffee if I don't do it yeah interesting the tea and coffee hmm. <laughs> well they both it gives you such energy I find it gives me it gives me the energy to yeah. get through the day and it's important not to do it too late at night that's why six o'clock is a good time because yeah. otherwise sometimes you can't sleep because it actually energizes you um, which that's what really surprised me because I found other forms of meditation very relaxing and I kind of go off in a daze whereas TM you're like you're off <laughs> off and running mm. so again it suits it suits my um, personality and, and lifestyle very well brilliant okay so now let's start talking about co-parenting um it's kind of easy to imagine why that would be so so challenging um but what are the facts about it what is it that makes it particularly challenging would you say um because you're not living in the same house as that other person yeah. um which immediately creates communication issues and as we all know relationships are all about communication mm -hmm. so uh, and most couples have never really learnt, and I've been guilty of this, how to actually communicate really well with each other. Mm -hmm. And they're not very good on having boundaries, they've got a lot of history, so there's lots of reasons why something as simple as who's going to pick Johnny up from school could become quite a major dilemma. And when those things escalate, especially when you've got new partners and maybe you've got a messy divorce or whatever else is going on, then you've got a huge uh, light poss possibility of uh, court action, of parental alienation, of some really serious stuff that can take place and unfortunately is taking place a lot these days. Um, so it, it's not always just as simple as we don't get on and we can't talk to each other. So it's, it's a bit of a minefield actually. Absolutely. So so you, you mentioned quite a few things there uh, of interest and um, I think let's look at first what is a preemptive thing that people who are even considering divorce can lay the foundations well for effective co-parenting? What do people need to think about? I think there's two very practical things that very few people do. Um, it's and, and there's no reason not to because it's actually really simple is to access software such as um, split smarts one of them and there's new ones coming onto the market as well they're basically how you uh, your own you create your own co-parenting plan so by putting in those boundaries having that communication you immediately set up that you don't leave things to worry about later and argue about later you make you have proper grown-up, sorry, start again, grown-up decisions and conversations. And the brilliant thing about it is, is if you're not talking with that person or if every time they send you a text or an email you go, you have a shudder and you feel mm -hmm. sick, it's okay because you just say to them, do it all through the software. Mm -hmm. Everything about the kids can go through the software. So when you, if you're in a perhaps an abusive or controlling relationship, it's a brilliant way to, to protect yourself mm -hmm. and to also create, and this is the key word, accountability. Because parents can come up with all kinds of stuff about what they'll do and then they don't do and that causes another problem. But if you've got it clearly said that this is what we agreed and you clicked it and said yes, then, then it, it's something you can bring them back to when they forget about it because people mm. forget conversations but it's something that's written down on you know in, in the software that they have participated in that's the other key thing so uh, often with co-parenting one of the big problems is the parent who's not with the children all the time feels frightened quite often because sometimes the other parent 
does use those children as weapons, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. and uh, because it's very easy to slip into doing that. Yeah. So for them to be able to have a say in in um, things around the children that uh, that's all in an organised way where they don't have to sit across the table and talk to someone that they're just not getting on very well with is a great thing and that can form a really great basis as well for something like mediation so if you got so far because i always say to people you're never going to agree on everything no parents agree Absolutely. on everything so don't worry about it. it's a bit like with tm don't worry about transcending just get the basics down find what you do agree on because often we miss that bit out it's really important to find there are some things Absolutely. about your children yeah. that actually we do agree on that's very precious hold yeah. on to that yeah. then there'll be these other bits you don't you can print them off and take them and sit with a either a, a, a suitably trained mediator or a parenting expert um, a therapist and work together to find as much common ground as you can yeah. and find the areas that also there will be things you agree to disagree but the great thing about children is that they can learn that there's different rules in mummy's house and different rules in daddy's house. Yeah. But you need to be consistent because, my goodness, will they play you off each other And because uh, <laughs> they're really good at that. And it's also thinking about the children. I've got a squeaky chair. Thinking about the children, it's a really confusing time for them as well, isn't it? So, so having some consistency and some predictability um so far as is reasonably practicable that's an old phrase from my corporate days I love that phrase <laughs> is is only going to serve everybody better but it, it's uh, sometimes uh do you find that people are just more into win and lose and there's a, a, a lot of ego can come into it and you've made a really good point there about the children so with the, the co-parenting plan it's more the parents but you're taking the right and wrong out of it because you're just getting down to the nitty-gritty of these are the school holidays so how are we going to split them and and there's no snipey little comments and horrible tone because you can't see that on an online uh, piece of software so it takes the heat out but the with the children sometimes they are old enough to have a bit of a say themselves so the other tool that's really useful is our family wizard which is an online co-parenting diary and so that can be down to the nitty gritty of of you know you may have agreed in your plan about holiday times but the nitty gritty of where we're going to pick them up and who's going to buy the school shoes and all those things Brilliant. that you just you don't want to be texting and emailing each other with you, you need to create that space from each other but the children who are old enough can have an account too so they can go well, actually i don't want to go to to dad's on that day because there's a party so dad can you pick me up and again it gives that empowers the children to be able to have a say not just about what they're doing but to hold those conversations with parents who may not be able to sit in the same room together and without them being caught up in all that horror uh, so for, for that reason alone, I think these these tools are really powerful because the children suffer massively when their parents are not haven't found a way to communicate. And, and I find with people, they say, oh, no, the kids are fine, mm. but they don't see what the kids are, are hiding underneath. So, you know, they're, they're not fine. They're just doing fine. You know, they're, they're kind of presenting fine or, or you may be preoccupied with your own stuff to be able to see actually the effect that it's having. So there are always repercussions uh, on repercussions for everyone. I'm quite intrigued, though. To me, the best thing is that even in separating, 
there is a way of being collaborative with each other so that the children see that you can fall out and still be civil and reasonable and cooperative uh, because that's modeling disagreements to the children. What can, what can people who are separating do to try to cultivate that kind of scenario? The, uh, I, I love what you're saying there because it, it, you, they are watching you. They are learning about relationships and going back to what you're saying about that delusion of, oh, the children are fine. And it is a delusion. And, and obviously it's so painful to think and you don't want all that guilt. So I totally get it. And I've, I have been there myself, but what you it's, they are watching you and learning how to hold, have relationships. So it's a very powerful thing and a positive thing for children to see that these two people who may have quite a traumatic time together have found a way to work collaboratively to bring up their children. And the key to it, of course, is really good boundaries, <laughs> really clear communication, which is why these online tools are such a, such a gift because they, they just make that easy. It's also accessing help, um, you know, working with the mediators, co-parenting experts, finding people who can, who can help you uh, cut a cut a deal in many ways which is you know negotiate and and agree on basic rules of how we're going to work together and and the what is magical is quite often I do come across people where it was very very nasty they ended up in court which is just a, a horrific place to go especially for the children and then they got wise they saw the light and now they are able to communicate really really well and and that's the 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 joy for their children to know that because all our children really want is for us both to be happy they just yeah. want everyone to be happy and yeah. i think one of the the terrible damage that's done to children and this this is teenagers and young adults as well it doesn't stop at, at primary school it's um it can do long-term da damage to their ability to have relationships it's very mm. very serious stuff but if they can uh, they want to protect all the time and mediate and it's just not why they were put on this earth to do that so i um, i'm very when i do talk with people I'm, I'm aware how painful an area it is and how much guilt there can be but we have to be realistic um, that if we mess up this co-parenting we are actually damaging the next generation's ability to have healthy relationships and so the cycle continues mm -hmm. so being able to see that that's happening and that Nobody taught us how to be parents. Our own parents probably weren't very good at it. Now is the time to learn how to put on your big big girl pants and big boy pants and uh, and work out how to do a good job because for a society, never mind your own family, it's actually really, really important. Yeah. And, and finding that common ground is really key, isn't it? Because I think when people decide to separate, they look at everything that's wrong with everything, especially their partner. Uh, and forget that actually they did like each other once and and when they had children they had ideas in mind about what that would look like for example that they would grow up to be happy and healthy and uh and independent or you know whatever their values are and, and to agree the values that will uh uh that will dictate how they interact in the future is going to be really helpful because it keeps them thinking of the bigger picture rather than the annoyance that they've got a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend uh, yeah. which can really uh, which brings me to that's the other thing that you mentioned about new partners because that that's a whole 
whole different other thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's a really interesting one. I had spoke yeah. to a lady a while back and she she was so pleased with herself and so she should be and she said you know he comes to the door to pick up the kids and and I say come in and have a cup of tea and it's all very friendly and I said me more than anyone loves that however when he turns up with his new girlfriend are you still going to let him in and she went no <laughs> just like instinctively no I said right so you'll be he will feel that you've pulled the rug out from under his feet he'll be completely bewildered the children will be but well, why isn't daddy I said set the boundaries now that you can emotionally cope with don't try and be this perfect co-parent right from the beginning you know you're it's it's a journey so be realistic and honest with what you can cope with and just tell him I know I'd love to have you in but right now um I'm not quite ready yet so let's do it this way so that whatever happens you know and 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 that's such a sensible thing to do and I think it's really yeah. important for co-parents to let themselves give themselves permission to do that because that bringing in a new uh, person into the relationship is um it, it you know it can be two or three down the years down the line of a perfectly amicable co-parenting relationship and then suddenly it all goes toxic and horrible and it's such yeah. a shame so when i speak to people I, I i say i bring up these difficult things right at the beginning and encourage them to really to really think about it carefully yeah and to be and to be honest with themselves it, it's such a minefield, isn't it? Because, um, you know, I, I'm working with a lot of people where there are four parents. So the the father with the new girlfriend or wife and, and the mother with a new boyfriend or husband and the and the new partners might have different views about parenting or might be standing back too much or not being present enough. It's it's kind of how how this is a big question I'm aware <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot but you know what on earth can they do to make sure that it, it works as well as possible as a an organism if that's a good word I don't think it is but I can't think of a different no, one I think I think it's a great way to, to it is like an organism yeah. and and it's you know we all have many types of blended and extended families so sometimes it's two mummies and two daddies and you've got you know it's very very varied so the system the actual uh, legal system hasn't caught up with this they they assume there's a mummy and a daddy and sometimes they're actually you know, two mummies and a daddy or two daddies and two mummies and it's getting quite complicated um and there's this is where a role for uh, mediation is really important so for example there are mediators who specialize they don't do the finances even necessarily with, with divorce, but they specialise in helping these families, um, whether uh, including the children and the grandparents, because they can get very, very left out of the whole family dynamic, especially with divorce. They have no legal rights. It can be devastating for them. So to be able to have um, a skilled mediator to hold those discussions and bring everybody into sort of alignment, because they're everyone is going to have a different way of parenting but as long as you understand and appreciate the other person's point of view and I, I often say to people the awful truth is that you don't it's none of your business what your child's doing at the other parent's house anymore and I know that's really hard as a parent it's one of the hardest parts of co-parenting I think to go actually it's none of my business really are they safe are they emotionally and physically safe that's it yeah. and but the uh, the key thing is that when they come to your house and you're in there with you they they have sometimes you will have to compensate 
for what they've had out there. So with small children, the classic is they come home from the other parent and, um, and you know, this is a generalisation, but it certainly was, you know, a lot of people have had this experience. They come home and it takes three days before they stop being the most nightmare (laughs) because they're so disrupted especially small children they're not great at moving between between different houses and places so some parents will do what's called nesting i did that for a while and yeah it's not always appropriate for but if you can sometimes it's good to have um i would basically leave the house and and he would come and stay for the week uh, the weekend and take over the house and i'd just go somewhere else because he didn't have rather than moving the children backwards and forwards so you need to be really flexible and think about the children and it needs to be age relevant so with teenagers you wouldn't need to do that but with small children you know this idea that they're going to one person's house and another they get it's it's not you talk to a child psychologist get some information and understand your children's needs and that's I think also very helpful um, because a lot adults will sit and they we all know best what's for our children and we and we all have a point of view and if you can actually talk to a few experts and do a bit of research you might be surprised uh, about how more aligned everybody's views become on how to to co-parent yeah Oh, it's so interesting. Nesting, I've never heard of that before. It takes a very grown-up grown-up to do that, doesn't it? <laughs> and, or, in my case, <laughs> was, you know, there is a certain... It, it was an interesting place. It was practical-based because he just didn't have anywhere suitable to take three small children because that's quite, quite a lot to manage. Yeah. And everything's there in the house. It was the most sensible thing to do. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget this massive sense of resentment as I drove away the first time... We, we did this thinking I didn't choose this. I shouldn't be having to go away from my children. I was so angry and upset about it. And then I went off to, to London and hung out with all the people that I hadn't really seen much of since I'd had children. And by the end of the weekend, <laughs> I thought, actually, this is amazing. So it's been so amazing. I'd had no real proper time off for, for years and years and years having three children in a row. So I realised, actually, there's some benefits to this. Yeah. And uh, and I think it is, you, you you have to appreciate the good side of it. Yeah. But initially, I was, yeah, I was resentful. But it was, it was a great, great thing to do at that time. Okay, that's been so helpful. And I know you've got some free resources and you've got your, your uh, TV channel as well with lots of tips and insights, haven't you? I have, but yes, yeah. The easy to remember divorcetvshow.com dot com, um, and that's it's live streamed um, on all the different platforms. And I have guests and shared stories. And certainly, if any anyone watching this has a a shared co parenting story they'd like to share, please uh, get in touch. I'd love to have you on the show. And and that is also findable in the best way to divorce dot online app. And that's a free app where you can watch the Divorce TV show. There's a radio podcast version and also co-parenting resources in there in the Welcome Pack, um, both the diary and the uh, parenting plan software. And so as I gather things, I put it all in there. So there's lots of great resources in there for people to access. Thank you so much. And I hope everybody's found that as enlightening as I have. Um, And if you if you have, do please like and share because you never know when it will land at the right time for people. But I always ask my guests if there is a book that they find found really enlightening that they would like to recommend to others. And you've got one in mind that I think probably might be quite relevant as well to the subject we're, we're talking about today. 
Yeah, it's called uh, one of the most life-changing books I ever read uh, was uh, Colin Tippin's Radical Forgiveness. And it's not a book everyone can read at any old time in their life. Uh, you need to to be ready, but you'll know soon enough. <laughs> you'll go. I did have a friend who watched read it, and she said she she stopped. She said I can't read any more of this because I want. She wanted to carry on being angry for mm. a while longer, and that's fine because it actually is a choice to stay angry and and bitter and and hurt. It is a choice. But when you get bored of it, and I was really bored of it by then. This book will change everything, and it is very, very radical, but it's beautiful. Mm. And um, and it is uh, if both parents read and absorbed that and took it on board, then you would have the most amazing co-parenting families. Never mind what's gone on, because it's uh, it's not fluffy. <laughs> Forgiveness is so important to everyone in so many different ways, and and when I'm seeing people, the level of unforgiveness that is poisoning their lives and not the person that they're angry with because the person they're angry with is oblivious to the pain that they're still experiencing. So to me, to be able to forgive is, is a gift that you give yourself. And it, it's not even about condoning. So that's one of the reasons people struggle with it. It's not yeah. about condoning the other person's behavior. Mm -hmm. It's about freeing yourself up from, from what's happened. It's that, real, that moment of realization. Sorry, yeah, no, it's that moment of realization mm -hmm. when you realize that, uh, and for some people listening, this might seem a bit insane, but you realize that everything's actually, everything's fine. So what is that? What am I actually forgiving? And you begin to question what it is that you're, that you even need to forgive. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, it took a few years, but I got to the stage where, um, and it's still true now that I want to hug my ex every time I see him because I cannot condone what happened. It was horrible. <laughs> There's just no other word for it. So I can't, I, I, it's not like I'm going, oh, that was all right then, because it wasn't. It was not a nice experience. However, I'm so happy that that happened because I would have hung on with my fingernails. I would have had, I, no, I wasn't happy. I didn't know I wasn't happy. And um, it, I was freed. And sometimes, you know, birth is a traumatic experience. So any big transition in your life can be painful and unpleasant and not everybody behaves very well. But if you turn it into something amazing, that's something that you might not have been able to do unless you'd had that experience. Absolutely. And uh, so, um, yeah, so then it's, you know, I rather uh, you may find that the people that you think you should, you can't forgive, that you end up thinking, well, actually, what was it? What, what actually have they done that's really harmed me? Because I seem to be absolutely fine now. Mm. Mm. Okay, thank you so much. That's definitely, I've got, I've got quite a few forgiveness books. That's not one of them, so I'll get that one too. Um, so again, I hope you've enjoyed this, everyone. Do please like and share so that other people can benefit too. And if you haven't uh, subscribed already, please do that as well. Take care now.